Welcome to the third bonus podcast recorded live at Wellbeing by the Lakes Festival. Rachel Bambra, founder of SUP4 and mental health advocate, shares her love of stand-up paddleboarding, the therapeutic impact of being on the water and the importance of laughing at yourself. I am, I have, will be back on Tuesday and please follow and subscribe to get this as well as weekly bonus episodes recorded live on Wellbeing by the Lakes Riverside stage as part of our Happyful Afternoon series. Enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome. We're going to be talking about getting on board and SUP. So Rachel, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. So just quickly, SUP, for those that don't know, is short for Stand Up Paddleboarding. And it has been a phenomenal sport for a lot of people to get into over the past year. It's been incredible, and especially in lockdown, I think we've seen a real boost in people paddleboarding, and especially women getting into paddleboarding over the last 18 months. But before we go into that, can you just introduce yourself and tell us how you got into paddleboarding yourself? So my journey actually started not far away from here in Bournemouth. So I first seen a guy on a beach with a board and a stick. And I was like, what is this? Um, I'm from the Northeast. I've surfed before, but I've never surfed with a stick. So I said to him, can I have a turn? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Come along, have a little turn. And I was rubbish at it. I got on the board. I was wobbling around all over the place. And um, I just fell in love with it from that day. I thought, right, I need to understand how to do this properly. I know how to surf, I know how to swim, but I do not know how to paddle on a board, standing upright with a stick. How do people do this? So I basically got some lessons like most people do. And um, I moved to Denmark for a job that I had. And in Denmark, I, I got the amazing opportunity to join a surf school out there. And they took me under their wing and they said, do you want to coach with us? And I was like, yes, please. So they taught me everything there was to know about paddleboarding. And then from Denmark, I moved to London London. And um, recently, about a year and a half ago, after learning to SUP on the river with many other paddle schools throughout London, I set up my own thing, which is now called SUP4. SUP4, the name, just in case you're wondering, what does that mean? Four is the number of years I was in London before I set it up. Originally, it was called SUP4 Beginners because I really wanted to bring people into the sport that had no idea how to do it from ground zero up to getting their skill set sorted. And what I really wanted people to do was feel like they could get on no matter what age, no matter you know what ability they had. I wanted people to come down and just give it a go. So actually when I set up SUP4, I wanted people to come along and feel welcome and not worry about falling in or feeling silly and not being able to do it straight away because it's not about that. It's about getting on the water and actually being in the water is great anyway in itself. We'll talk about that in a bit. I think SUP4 beginners just really entice the right sort of people to come into it. And I mean, I've, I've coach people from age 10 all the way up into the late 70s and it's just been an amazing journey so far. And I can vouch as a beginner that it is a wonderful thing to do, even if you feel like it's not something that's feasible for you. So my own journey is that I had felt a lot of changes within my body. I was very achy. I couldn't move in the same way. And I really wanted to do it, but I felt like I perhaps wasn't the right shape or fit enough. And Rachel basically took me under her wing and said, come on, we can do this. And tough love. Uh, <laughs> but very enjoyable and through learning with Rachel I realised that if you wait 
until you're the right fitness, the right time, the right stage. You could be waiting forever and actually there's something really joyful that you could start to do right now. And that's how we met. But I'd love to talk about the joyfulness of water and being around water because here today, obviously, we're by the river and the lake. We went for a swim this morning in the sea and it was incredible, but it has real therapeutic benefits. And Rachel, I wanted to know, how do you feel? What does the water do for you? For me personally... I feel because I'm because I'm from the coast anyway. It's just it's just part of me. Like I used to spend my childhood being driven to the beach at midnight to watch the moon over the sea with a bag of chips. That's that's how we used to spend our evenings, you know. So for me, not living by the sea I find quite difficult. The River Thames is is wonderful for anyone that's from that area. It's amazing and it's afforded me to be able to like do the business, but it's not the sea. It's not the same effect as the sea has. So when you're in water, um, even just being on water, just the sound of the water for me is amazing. So every day it changes. When I'm on the water every day, the smell of it changes, the look of it changes, the, the sound of the water changes from you know if you're out with um, a friend or a group you know you're, you're busy chatting but you are taking in the environment as well when you're on your own on the water and in the water it's really really amazing just when you're dipping your paddle into the water and you're watching it gliding through the water and then you take it out and you get those tiny little droplets on the top of the water that's what makes it magic for me all of this when you can see the motion of the board moving through the water when you can hear the ripples when you can hear the leaves around you on the riverbed when you can hear the birds swooping down and sort of like nearly hitting into you sometimes I've had to duck a few times when I've been on the paddleboard for geese and swans but it's just magic and it's just makes you feel alive um, we were talking about relaxation as well earlier we just found a swing over here in, in the trees down here and that was a little bit like the motion of being on the water I was like gliding side to side from it and that's how it feels when you're on a paddleboard it just feels amazing to propel yourself through the water and it's all it's all done by you you don't have an engine you don't have anyone pulling you along it's all done by your arm strength your core strength and your leg strength and it's it's just amazing to be able to do that your body on the board just you it's a simple piece of equipment and everybody is capable of doing it in some form even if you're not standing you know i see many people sitting down on the paddleboard i see people lying down sometimes and it's just wonderful and let's talk about that let's talk about capability because when i came to you i wasn't very capable <laughs> You know, and, and one of the things that I had was a lot of joint pain. So actually standing, getting from kneeling to standing was, was quite tough. And I know that I'm not the only person you've taught that has issues with mobility. So how do you approach it when you're working with someone who perhaps is having that issue of not being able to, to move as freely as they'd like to? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we would talk about that, wouldn't we? And we would talk about what activity and exercise you're doing anyway before you get on the paddleboard. I think the key thing is, is as long as you're doing some form of activity, you can build on that to get on a paddleboard. So if you have um, like joint issues like yourself had, then we would talk about a little plan on how to make that easier. And there's so many simple free exercises that you can do at home to really increase your joint activity as simple as walking up and down the stairs. If you don't have any stairs, find some around you. I'm sure there'll be a step somewhere that you can jump up and down on. Um, hills as well, brilliant for your joints. Hills, walking up and down hills really gives you that flexibility that you need because what you've got to remember is when you're going from a, 
a sort of a kneeling position into a standing position, it is all in your joints. And by building those muscles up, it's only going to take practice to do that. But going from dry land onto water is very different. So practicing that on dry land, first of all, is key. And then when you do feel comfortable to come onto the water, onto a board, then, you know, we, we just take it step at a time. It's really important that you don't push it and you're not doing things that you feel uncomfortable with because that's what put, puts you off, really. Essentially, when you get on a board and you fall in for the first time, it can put people off. But the key is to get straight back on because actually falling isn't failing as we've spoken about so often it's actually it's part of the learning you've got to learn how to get back on in order to get yourself out there in the water and practice it so everybody's different everybody is capable of doing different parts and actually like I said if you want to sit on a paddleboard that's absolutely fine to start with to learn the actual process and the technique and um, that's key Thank you. I think that really is. And one of the things we talked about was stretching and mobility and what you do when you're not on the board. And for me, that also, it really showed when I did go back on the board, I felt like I'd achieved something in my time away from being on the board. But falling isn't failing is the name of the article I wrote for Happiful about learning to sub. And I think as adults, sometimes we don't try things because we might fail. And there's a fear of failing Whereas I think it's quite healthy for us sometimes to start as beginners. Can you tell us a bit and, of about and laugh, laugh at it? You know, it's fun. It's it's great fun when you fall in and you make a little bit of a fool of yourself when you do fall in in a strange way. I mean, I've had all kinds of different falls off the boards. I've captured some of them on video, which has been brilliant. Um, and yeah, um, yeah and it's <laughs> it, it. You know, it's it's. There's nothing wrong with falling off your board. You just have to learn to accept that it's part of it, and and go along with it. It's yeah, it's part of learning, isn't it? It definitely is. And Rachel has far too many videos of me <laughs> falling, but. I think in terms of mental health, it's, it's good to be able to laugh. Can you share a bit about some of the people who have perhaps come to you and how you've seen that benefit them in terms of their mental health? Yeah, absolutely. As I said, I've met an array of different people over the past year and a half since the set up sup four. Um, one lady in particular came to me with extreme anxiety issues. She actually went through a really serious accident and she is now visually impaired because of the accident and she didn't think she'd ever be able to go on a paddleboard because of her visual impairment so she actually came along to a session and couldn't even get off the pontoon onto the board into the riverway she was just too nervous to do that so we sort of spent every week once a week we would do a little session on breathing that's really important when you're going on a paddleboard understanding the waterway as well so if you're going to go out onto a strange waterway that you're not used to make sure you do your research before you go out onto that waterway it's very important to learn the currents and the tides and then also being human about it you know understanding where the fear comes from are you scared of falling in are you scared of deep water are you scared of not being able to see far enough to to paddle into the into that space and we just worked through that and she basically went from not being able to do anything on a board to recently this Saturday we've just done a paddleboard marathon and she did that all by herself she came along we did 26.2 miles this is a lady with you know a, a big visual impairment where she has to wear a serious prescription for her eyesight to basically completing this marathon. She was at the front of the group most of the day, leading the way. And that's the sort of person that 
makes this job worthwhile, you know, because you're just, you're meeting people that don't believe in their ability to be able to get on a board on the water to do that. And now, you know, she's, she's going off and she's gone to live down the coast this week and she's got her own paddleboard and she's just amazing. She's an inspiration to a lot of people. And there's a lot of stories like that, you know. I could be here all day talking, but I'm not going to do that to you. So that's one of the main ones. And you just mentioned the marathon yeah. um, that you did this weekend. Can you share a bit about that marathon and, and what it was like to to do a marathon on a paddleboard because I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing like a running marathon. It's um, a lot longer. It took us 12 hours to paddle, which is a long time. We were we set off at seven in the morning from Windsor and we got back to Kingston at seven just on the dot at night. We thought we were going to have to wear the head torches because we thought we were going to run over because there was lots of different paces in the group. You know, we had people with mobility issues, as I say, visual impairments, hearing issues. We have people of all different levels on this marathon and we were raising money for London's Air Ambulance. And um, it was close to my heart because some of our paddlers actually work as air paramedics for the London's Air Ambulance. And we raised £17,000 between the 18 of us. Thank you very much. We're very pleased. So that covers seven missions to save seven lives. And we were absolutely stoked with that. We literally set off first doors. You know, people not, not really sure what to expect. They just didn't know what it was going to be like. We only stopped four times for a toilet and a, a little break just to get a refresher. We had to climb through nine locks. I don't know if you've ever walked through a lock before, but they're quite long, some of them. And you can imagine your equipment is pretty heavy. You're carrying quite a lot of weight with your refreshments and your drinks and your board. And, um, you know, we've got one girl in the group that had um, pins all up in her leg and she, she managed the whole thing and I couldn't be prouder of her. So yeah, we, it, was, it was exhausting to tell you the truth. It was amazing. But I think when you organise an event like that on that scale, you're not only um, making sure that you yourself are fit enough to do that challenge, but you're making sure that 18 other people are going to get through the locks and do that also. So we did it and we finished and um, we celebrated with lots of wine, as you can imagine. And um, yeah, we'll do it again next year. We'll do it definitely. That's great. And congratulations. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. From the kind of big adventure like that to the, the smaller personal achievements. One of the things I wanted to share is the kind of duality of being on SUP of feeling quite vulnerable, but also feeling quite free. And I wondered how you work with people when they feel that kind of vulnerability, because you are you are exposed, you know, yeah. especially where I learned to sup on the Thames. It's right outside Kingston. We <laughs> paddle past a number of bars. And if you if you fall off, you're going to get a round of applause. <laughs> but for a lot of people, I know for me, that was something I felt. I felt a bit odd in a wetsuit. I felt a bit odd in front of people. I just felt very self-conscious, but actually getting on the board, that overrode my self-confidence, you know, that made me feel so good and the feeling of freedom. But how do you work with people that feel that kind of vulnerability, that physical as well as mental vulnerability? Well, first of all, I'll tell people, you know, try not to worry too much because you've decided to come and do this. So you mm. obviously want to learn how to do it and, and sort of get good at it. Secondly, once you've left that land and you're on your water, your board really is like a little island of your own. There's nothing that can affect you on that board apart from your own nerves and your own feelings. And actually you are so detached from reality when you get away from dry land. It's, it's kind of like you go into a little bubble on the river, don't you? So it's like 
we're breathing, we're doing breathing techniques even before we head out. Um, we're talking about how to calm your nerves in terms of not pushing yourself to a point where you feel uncomfortable. There's no point in, in forcing yourself to do anything if it's gonna make you scared to the point that you don't want to come back. So taking it a step at a time and really understanding how that person's feeling as an individual. So I think what's really nice about doing a one-to-one -one session is you definitely get that as opposed to going into a group environment. When you're in a group environment, it can sometimes be quite daunting. Oh, you know, am I going to be able to keep up with the group? Am I going to be good enough to be, you know, going the distance that we're going in a group? Get yourselves into a one-to-one. -one. That's my advice to you because, and find yourself a coach that really cares. There's a lot of coaches out there that sort of, they, they do care, but it's, it's, is the personable approach there with it? Is the, is the heart in it? Are, are they really bothered about how I'm feeling and, and what distance I want to do? So that's a key thing. Find yourself a good coach. Go on word of mouth, definitely. And also just really, really taking your time with it. There's, there's no rush. There's no rush to do any of it. Focus on what you're doing, and that's the best thing about paddleboarding. You can't focus on anything else because you've got to focus on your balance and what's around you. And... You don't have time to be worried, really, because actually going from dry land onto a paddleboard on water is enough to think about. It really is. And quite often just getting onto the board, I fall off. So uh, still. So I think just allowing yourself to enjoy the whole experience and not being completion mentality, feeling like you have to get up and stand up and, and all of that. I quite like lying on the board in the middle of the Thames. It's, it's a really pleasant thing to do to just take that bit of time. But what I'd love to talk to you about is water more generally. We went for a swim today and Obviously, we've seen a massive explosion in, in people wild swimming again because pools were closed down. What do you think it is about swimming and being in nature that's so important for our mental health? I think when people are in nature, they are going back to their sources of where we actually belong. I think, you know, living around so many people in cities, around so much noise, it's, just, it's not natural to us. You know, it's been put there, hasn't it? When we are in nature, we really, really focus on the sounds and the, the smells that sort of make us feel happy and at ease. So when you submerge yourself fully in water, you get an absolute buzz out of doing that. Like I made you do that this morning because you weren't going to put your head under. But I said, no, you must do that because it's really important to get that full effect when you put your head under. And when you listen to what's going on underwater, it is like really a different world. The sounds are completely different. They're, they're sort of echoing, they're louder, and they're really, really enjoyable to understand and listen to. So I think when you're in nature, you are relaxed you are where you should be I think that's beautiful and and certainly really poignant sitting here and here in the leaves and obviously with the stretches of water that are either side of us and if someone is teetering on the verge of of thinking about trying SUP but perhaps like me doesn't feel massively confident about it whether that's because of balance or or anything what would you say to them I would say just do it. I think there's no point in delaying. There's no point in holding back. I think if you really, really want to do something, book a session in and make it happen. I think people spend so long thinking about doing something and actually you, you scare yourself silly just thinking about doing it. And actually, if you book your session in and you have a date in the diary and you're ready to go and do that, once you're there, there's no turning back. 
you have to go through with it. And actually, it's the best thing to push yourself into doing. Um, as I say, find yourself a one-to-one. -one, first of all, if you are feeling nervous about doing paddleboarding, find yourself a one-to-one -one coach and actually really take your time with it. Let that coach understand what your fears are before you head out anywhere on a board in the water. And... Um, yeah, make it happen. It's the, the, the only person holding you back is you. And I think that's part of every sport that people sort of go into. They're, they're so worried that they're not going to be capable of doing it. But there is a way that everybody can do paddleboarding and be out on the water and enjoy it. That's really wonderful. And before we hand over for audience questions, I wondered if there was anything else you wanted to share before we finish the session. I always say this to people, don't go out and rush out and buy a paddleboard until you've tried it because it's a big investment. It's um, a lot of time spent looking for the right paddleboard and equipment. I think the best thing you can do is just try it out for yourself first. And then if you really, really enjoy it, borrow a board. You know, don't invest all your money in a paddleboard unless you're absolutely sure you're going to take it up as a hobby. And actually, What's really important is that you keep it up. A lot of people, what they do is they go for one lesson and then they don't go back for months and then they're back to square one. They're back to being nervous and, and worried about getting back on a board. So consistency is key with paddleboarding. Spend more time in the water as well. If you're not a swimmer already or you don't spend any time in the water, dip your toes in to start with and get used to the, the different temperatures. It's changing all year round anyway. And don't stop just because it's cold, because it's winter. You know, the right clothing and the right equipment can really see you through all year round um, and there are some beautiful beautiful scapes with the water throughout winter it's it's really some of the best times to paddle through the winter time and um, the colors are different and it is cold yes but it's it's kind of refreshing at the same time so my advice is don't give up after one session keep it going and and share this with people around you that also want to try it as well that's lovely and i would say just don't wait don't wait do it give it a go it's it's really beautiful Thank you for listening. This interview was hosted by me, Lucy Donoghue, in conversation with Rachel Bambra of SUP4. Find Rachel at SUP4.co.uk or follow on Instagram at SUP4Coach. The wonderful Ollie from FB Music and Media Limited captured and engineered our sound. Join us again soon. <laughs>